0: Future of Retail Asia, with June and Imran, powered by ai Amazing! Welcome back to the Future of Retail Asia. My name is Imran. And I'm Jun. Today, we have Madeline C, an Omni Channel Marketing Specialist with over 18 years of experience working with the renowned brands in Airbag Europe and even in the Middle East. Welcome Madeline.
1: Thank you very much for getting me on board and I'm so glad to have this time with you guys.
0: Thanks Madeline. So some of the brands she's worked with include Adidas, HP,
2: Nokia, Bose and on the APEC level playing an active or lead role in go-to-market sales and marketing initiatives, even designing in-store digital experiences and organising the visual merchandising. She also has experience as an educator and consultant with Nanyang Polytechnic, Boston Consulting Group and Leithan Academy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I feel it's like very, very good to have you on our podcast because you are actually our first guest, uh, from the retail side. And we really, really want to show all our audience that like we want to cover the whole retail ecosystem, right? So not just for the landlords. Yeah. So I think with that, I think we want to like net. I think we want uh, to like to know more about your experience on developing the digital experience in Slaw. So can you share with us more about this?
1: Sure. I think these days from the past was just physical retail. I gotta say that. But now we have all evolved into digital. Mm-hmm. So my recent one is in Bose when we had really good place at in front of LV stores. Wow. And the best part I think we our team, we were very proud. We don't have to pay a rental. But I think there's two few things that they wanted us to have is all the senses from the sight, the hear, the smell, the taste. But of course, both we can't taste, right? Mm. So I can only do visual. So we had a launch of both frames, basically. And then when we were trying to get people engaged, we had a walking, walking trademark plus an LCD TV. But then as we actually get people experience, then we walk as if I'm down in the shopping aisle in US and Francisco. And then how do we enjoy that? And from that, then we get consumers to touch based. It's called on the right hand side, you touch. How do I hear the sound of the frames? How do I actually fact, answer the phone while I'm walking or in the gym? So I think that's the thing that we have envisioned um, that's really not local tradition anymore. It's really getting digital. And then from their back end, then we can see people how long they spent in answering those questions that we wanted.
2: Right. So you talk about uh, really engaging consumers with all sensors multiple data points uh, as well as going digital, right? So I think in order for that to really happen, there has to be very clear visibility end-to-end with data. So as a retail marketer, where where are the gaps do you think right now, right? So you say there's a traditional retail marketing and then there's the ideal. And and where where are these gaps you think that we should be looking at to, to, to plug up?
1: Good question. I think one thing is that as a retail marketing for many years, when on the brand side, we do have data that is actually internally by ourselves, yes. whether is it by our promoters or our partners or even our own um, investment, which means mm. with the Google and everything. right? Mm. But the other flip side, we have to get data and support from the malls because I invest stores. For example, I have stores in Paragon and Funan, but where does traffic drives? I have no clue where mm. does it do my consumer journey i have no clue i ah. guess that's the thing that as a retail marketer we do know what stores investment when is the best time to drive the stores you know opening getting uh, people to come to the stores to play around but when is the right consumer journey what target audience should i be focusing and also when how should i work with the most to get customized marketing campaign mm. to be more effective mm. to be more unique more consumer journey to touch point where I think Singapore for example all our malls to a certain extent look the same. Why should I come to this mall versus that and I think for us as a brand that I work with we would love to work with the malls because our investment with the malls are two years three years rental but we need the yield but how I think the mall we, we love to have its closer relationship uh, on a more regular communication apart from us as a brand to share marketing calendar, product launches. Yes. But where are we? How are we p- performing? And because like um, the recent one that I did was in Paragon, we invested the digital screen. Right. We were wondering who touched, where, how. Mm. Has people actual your fact ch- touched that I'm a man, I'm a male, interested in consumer electronics products that they... Click that button to say that both. Oh, that's my store that I wanted. Right. So right. I guess that's the data that, as a retail marketing, I need to actually affect better value add to my ROI and mm. also present to my bosses yep. that uh, what should we be doing next?
2: I think this is very interesting. So we talk about omni-channel marketing and we look at the digital side or let's say online side, you would see this kind of data available that we share from the marketplaces like Amazon, Shopee into the retailer, right? So we mm. know, okay, uh, opening hour, peak hour, this is what happened with the marketplace and what happened with your brand and you know how are we driving the uplift? Mm. And I think this would be very interesting if we can transfer that kind of data into the physical space right so i think that's what for example at ai amazing we do with the mall right so we can identify what's the real time hourly mm. trends you know how are you comparing mm. to the whole mall how are you comparing the comparables uh maybe together map out the customer journey which brands are synergistic with yeah. yours in the mall i think this would be very interesting you know would, would this be something like along the lines of what you are trying to plug in as as a retail marketer, the gap of understanding the transactional data within the mall uh, and the real-time nature of it?
1: Um, I would say totally it is, um, because I think you just know you spot on about the you know the e-com, right? So I think the e-com, that's where we actually get more data. For example, yeah. that mega campaign. Why we actually want to invest a lot during flash sales? We realize like Singapore, in the north part, 12 to 2 a.m., nobody sleeps. We're like, oh, mm. so that is the data that help us to actually affect them better do the investment, target the right product, and then yield out whether it's a traffic, whether it's ROI. I think that is something yeah. that we want this kind of data for the more, yeah. to be more relevant. Then I can work closely with the buyers and the more yeah. that what kind of target you want, whether do you want to have a Christmas purchase during that time, we can work together. Yeah. So this is a very interesting
2: point, right? So what you're saying is if, so on an e-commerce marketplace level, we know, for example, from that midnight to 2 a.m., it's an open secret in the industry that most of the day's revenue is done in that time, yep. right? And if we, if we were able to go and to the retailer and say, hey, in the mall, most of the revenue is generated during these few hours, what it's saying is the brands will actually put in more budget.
1: Agree, totally. And I think that we can spot on to the right way of doing For example, if I have a lot more ladies who shop in the afternoon, so mm. isn't that my campaign should be more ladies, like my Bose um, headphone with a rose gold right. That mm. to drive it, right? Yeah. And also, let's say on weekends, an afternoon, there's a more couple, of family coming. So I should then drive my store people to emphasize on the home entertainment because it's the home thing, right? Mm. So I think that's how we can then do a value add yeah. that why your mall is so unique versus people just go to the neighborhood malls as well.
0: I see. Well, I think very interesting. But just just curious, know, how do you think that the mall management and the retailer can really come together to work uh, more closely? Like just now, to give you a lot of example already, mm-hmm, right? But mm-hmm. like from there to ensure that we can create a win-win-win, right? Mm-hmm. Retailer, mall, and then especially for the consumer as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think one thing is that you know, basically, I think mall are a bit, bit more. To be very frank, they are more probably a bit more traditional or probably they are more conservative mm. they worried that we have this data we share with somebody else mm. I think that is their reservation but I think that they've forgotten that the other part of the world is that these days everybody bottom line is to get traffic get their sales and actually in fact rather than currently now the mall is quiet. So we need to have that and of course also one thing is that with the right target information then we're able to give them new experience for example that purchase it online come to the store and how do I utilize like Paragon membership for example. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for people who want to continue the membership. Like free parking, mm. clock points with ion, for example. I guess that's a reason, like why MBS has that kind of membership. That I think we as a brand and consumers and even the mall has to work together as an omni channel, is literally customer as a center and have a similar experience. I guess that's how then we have the data, we're able to get the right targeted way to then more unique uh why I should shop here, people will say, you know, where's the best place to shop? At least my eye my remembers, Oh I remember that place is give me unique experience. That's mm. something the data I can get. So I mm. guess that's something as a retail marketer, we need to generate a win-win, and actually, in fact, convince the mall that we are not here to be the policeman to tell you what data they are, but for them to actually, in fact, tell us what they have insights, and for brand, we can to see what we actually have invested with the agencies, whether it's with Google or whether is it with the TV screens or whatever, mm. or out of the house, what kind of data. Then we can all sit down to map up a more customized or exclusive kind of activities and campaign for the mall itself.
0: Mm. I think it's very interesting because when we talk to a lot of uh, landlord, landlord always sh- share about like, uh, actually a lot of retailers don't want to share the data with the landlord, right? But I think today is a totally different opposite. <laughs> I think if we are only talking about like a uh, landlord getting the data just for calculating the rental, mm-hmm there might have some some like a gap there, right? But I think Madeline uh, give a very, very good example is actually for the retailer they're always looking at like, if I'm, I'm more willing to share the data with them all, mm. but how more can using this data to help me bring traffic, to help me to really understand my customer's spending yep. behavior and then yep. help me to easily count the marketing ROI. And increase the bottom line at the end of the day.
1: Correct, yep. correct. I think also one thing is that they always ask us to pay money for certain space. For bookings, like right. a TV screen, right, right. for example. If right. they can give us the right data, as a brand, we are more willing to invest. Right. Now, as mm. we don't have the data, I, I mean, I bosses will question me, is it worth investing? What's right. my ROI? Right. If I have just a, a, another venue of visual,
2: mm. I should then yeah. push it
1: to somewhere else to do the retargeting ads. Mm. Mm.
2: So, like, it has to be the investment into the right kind of data, into the right kind of spaces or opportunities and mechanisms that show the right kind of traffic and conversion la at the end of the day. Yes. Uh, I, I think that's, that's uh, really interesting because I think that, that is really the problem that I think as a whole industry we need to solve. Mm-hmm. Right? So like from the, from the I mean there are all sorts of players in the data space and tech space and everyone's yep. saying okay how do we build the right kind of dashboards the right kind of insights the right kind of recommendation I think the truth is in any mall or any marketplace you're talking about millions of data points at yep. any given day. Yep. Right? So I think it's, it's really about understanding which are the use cases that uh, uh, really let's say uh, on a overlap basis win-win-win mm-hmm. win basis hey you know we focus on this 10 or this 5 or this 20 we can really add the bottom line collectively yeah. together yeah. and I think that's not a straightforward answer to, <laughs> to answer today uh, by any single person but I think that that involves us coming together and sharing that data and saying okay how do we build from here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, we want to uh, ask a, a couple of questions around uh, if you did have a uh, retail manager in front of you and then you had a mall manager in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. I think uh, today's context with COVID, crisis, lockdowns, reopens, I think it's quite an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. Together with the whole rise of e-commerce payments, I think it's it's a very interesting time and space where I think no one really knows uh, what's going to happen? I think everyone, uh, especially people who are listening in, will always ask, okay, where, where is the future, right? Mm-hmm. What what should I be doing now mm-hmm. with my time my money and my resources? Mm-hmm. So what would that be, right? So uh, a retail manager, a mall manager, what would be your one piece of advice to each of them today?
1: I think one thing is that, um, very good question because I was that position literally 18 <laughs> months ago where COVID started, right? So yeah. I guess it's all of us, we were thinking, oh, you know, we'll just invest whatever the tradition. But when COVID started, Digital and online accelerate ahead of our plan. They were all the one there, right? But then how do we actually fact co-exist together? Mm -hmm. And how do we actually fact make sure that people come back? So I guess there's this word that's about we call the retail entertainment. I think if people want to purchase online and pick up in a store, or the other Mm -hmm. vice versa, right? And people just want experiential these days. Why, as a brand, we invest so much, half a million dollars we mm-hmm. want to actually drive experiential how do we compete against the marketplace online and offline it's a different thing but how do I drive the brand stickiness and also I think the recent one basically I think Apple launched the phone right or probably the Apple store thing um, just smart 24 hours ago I was trying to actually find out on the Apple watch yeah. but then we play around with the you know the VR you know focusing onto the phone your hand and everything I think that's how we say that hey I want to buy that I want to go and explore that so right. I guess from us is that how do we use the technology the VR and AI to actually build in the experiential and then for us as a brand as a retail brand we just have to do that kind of live streaming how to then make sure that the live streaming is entertainment and probably gamification I think the mm. recent thing to get them entertained as well not just watching at your heart cell that at the mall itself is then of course as a mall for us as a brand how do we present them that we will still come back to you right mm-hmm. so I guess mm-hmm. as how do we collaborate that the easy pickup, um safe payment. I think that's a lot of things. And Azure fact spot on that we do at the store at that time, exactly probably a year ago from this time, is that we want to make sure that people are feel comfortable coming to the store. We were that, exactly mm-hmm. the, that kind of question, right? So we were all tidying up, making sure that the safe is there, uh, we know safety is there, safe payment is there. And I think people's way of shopping has all changed. Mm-hmm. They are more worried about the virus than the, the journey, right? So as a brand itself, we also make sure that the way it's safe is payment itself, collection. The journey is actually smooth and enjoyable, but it's mm-hmm. not disruptive. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's something that as a both sides, we should actually in fact, look into that how can we ensure consumers come and shop, they feel safe and actually enjoy and they don't feel frustrated um, because I put myself as a consumer. At the time when they locked down some of the doors, consumers will frustrated. How come I walk here It take me extra 30 minutes to go to the stores? Yeah. Why it was not communicated clearly, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I guess that's something that if the mall has actually affected demonstrated that we also take care of you making your, sh- your journey not so frustrated they could actually in fact, use the digital push it to say that where is my first entrance to come in mm. because there's a lot of called the retargeting ads that they can work with our brands to actually in fact, ensure that people do come to the stores and not frustrated that forget it I can't find a door I'll go somewhere else
2: we had a recent conversation with one of the mall managers and they were saying that uh, people feel comforted when they smell the smell of Dettol. <laughs> right? So like, um, you, even all these even yes, little experiential yes, things yes, could yes. really matter, especially in this yes, time. La, yes. Right? Yeah.
1: Totally spot on because yeah. our Bose table itself in the past was really on product-product, right? Yeah. So when you walk into the entrance, we do have that Dettol that thing in front yeah. of you and also when you walk into the entertainment room, mm. they have a dispenser. So I guess that's something that we tell everybody we are saying and we are insured. And I guess it's something that as a customer myself, I put myself as a customer. I also want to walk in that, you know, I don't get swapped anytime I get virus. <laughs> so I think yeah. that as both brands and the mall, we just have to get to tell customers. One thing is we are safe to shop. Um, yeah. I think it's the payment. I think the payment wise is very important. We are safe payment. And also mm-hmm. educating that, you know, we are going to digital payment. I think that's the f- next, next things that we talk about in the retail. How do then use the digital to actually build the experience, build the cookies, to come back to actually fact shop more because mm. a lot of people say, oh, online digital payment is very unsafe. Mm. So, but I think that's something that we that time worked with is with Alipay itself mm. and also engage um, customers that, you know, they use Alipay, they come back, the next time they can actually have a discount on the next headphone. Right, mm. so it's
2: a return voucher? Uh,
1: it's an e-voucher and we encourage them to actually in fact have online shopping. So I guess that's the that time we, nobody actually in fact care about it. Mm-hmm. But I think this days we can actually encourage them the e-voucher and also getting people that the QR code thing. Um, the reason why I think 10 years ago, really I was trying to push on QR code. Nobody can tell me that, oh QR code is not easy to use, it's very difficult. But I yes, was saying that yeah. why today people are so embracing QR code. So I guess that the, the COVID has brought everything accelerated much faster yes. and people embracing it, um, you know, as compared to a decade ago when I was just trying, trying to convince
2: them. Mm. I, I would have to say that actually personally as a marketer, five years ago, I was talking to brands and said, who uses QR codes? <laughs> <laughs> and then here we are today. So, yeah. so exactly yeah. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, Some of these things we cannot uh, see mm. where it has gone. Mm. Yeah,
0: I think if you want to go into the shopping mall, you need to scan the QR code today, right? Yes, <laughs> Everybody yes. needs to have a QR code yes, scanner in their smartphone yes. Already.
1: I guess it's also one thing in the past when people wanted to get the product. So I guess we are all very traditional. We print the POSM, like the catalog and everything. But this at that time, exactly 10 years ago, I was asking them, if you want an ebook experience, right? You can actually scan the QR code have the ebook flip as mm-hmm. if you're doing an ebook. Yeah. But all my retailers or the owners of the mall saying that, sorry, they still like the book of the smell.
0: Um, so, so
1: but to as a brand, we have to invest a lot more money. But in today's world, exactly about what, two, three years ago, I was actually educating it. So, both actual fact, we did, we, it was a PDF file, but actual fact, we do QR code. So, mm-hmm. we kind of changed our mindset from the 20, 30 pages book catalog, we become a PDF. And if my countries is like Indonesia, they are very more advanced. It, I'm surprisingly the, the distributor. They actually went to ebook, so they educate people from the ebook version, and they can upload onto the Toki- Tokopedia and Blibli online. Mm.
2: Uh, I, I just want to make sure that I'm very clear about your point, right? For the retailers, what you're saying is really putting the customer at the center and understanding yes. their POV, their data points, and, and making it as seamless and as painless for
1: it, for them, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what was your point about the malls again? The mall has to be able to actually in fact, communicate clearly yeah. that I'm, my place is safe. Right. I think that's very important. And also clear direction that, you know, safe payments or contact list. Right. I think that's something that, that we need to know because I think that if the mall keep actually t- telling us that, oh, they closed this door, close that door. I think it's more frustrated, but they can actually use that technology to push it to consumers that we are safe more. Where can you find us and where can you enter safely? I understand.
0: I think I think today was very very interesting because uh before that we will invite like a lot of more management people they will always have this concern and worried about like will the retailer share their data with shopping mall right mm. but I think today when we heard from you like we always talking about like re- uh, the experience how we can actually create a better experience for the shopper mm. and then we really can create a win win right mm. so mall can using the data aggregate data and then using this data to give some insight to the retailer and then the retailer can based on this insight to provide another good user experience to the shopper mm. and the customers, right? And then the customers, because of this experience, they will come back to the mall yes. again, right?
1: Yes. So I think that will be
0: a very, very interesting point because um, I think for the past few episodes, like, everybody is worried about like, will the retailer willing to share the data, right? I think the answer now is yes, right? But you need to give some insight, Correct. give something back to the retailer. Yep. Yeah. So and always our last question is, uh, will the retail continue to be the king? Uh, why or why not?
1: I would say that that kind of question I think very spot on because I think, think about it, 10,000 years ago, Flintstone days are there. They have the butter trade. It never will go off. But I think is that retail will be evolved about more experiential. We have to drive a lot more experience rather than a physical bread and butter or probably just a pickup store, that kind of thing. But why it is. And then, of course, we have to drive the online and offline experience, which means brands or malls are able to scan the QR code or probably push it to do that collection and pick up and purchase. Um, The reason I think is that we did test one in Indonesia. We love that experience. We were shocked that they enjoy it, which means the customers feel comfortable, which means they purchase and book the think online and then come to the stores to test it and then they deliver to their house. Right. So I guess that's mm. something that we did a test and then, but I think that in this time, we should actually go beyond it about, you know, experiential people who cannot come to the stores. How do they experience sound? How do they experience the sense? I think there's a lot of times that we do as a lady itself, right? We, we want to buy lipsticks and these days we cannot test anymore, right? Mm. How? So I guess it's a little bit of a digital world that I've tested myself mm. that i like, oh, my lipstick like that. Look, this color. So I guess that's how we are enjoying it and we are also embracing it. Um, I guess it's the only thing that how do we encourage the malls and the brands as well as our seniors Azure Effect shop in this kind of comfort.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think it does show from the data around the lockdowns and reopenings that when you do reopen, that's when the retail sales do bounce back to close to pre-COVID. Not yet, yes. uh, but I think that's where it's headed. Uh, but I think certainly there will be a large uh proportion of it that starts becoming more hybrid. Your click yes. and collect, yes. your uh, your hybrid experiences, you shop physically and then you buy online later yep. there, there are all these various experiences that start getting unlocked uh, but I think those are very very insightful points I think we have to close to this episode but for those of you who have any questions for Madeline of course feel free to uh, tag us uh, in your post or comment in the post below and, and ask your questions right so we'll be happy to answer or even forward it to Madeline to, to have a conversation as well so thanks again Madeline for coming down
1: thank you very much for thanks. hosting me I enjoyed this session totally
2: Thank you. So feel free to reach out if any questions or comments. Uh, for those of you who are thinking about how do you enable experiences uh, and evolve your retail ecosystem with data, of course, feel free to reach out to AI Amazing as well. Uh, all our social media platforms, LinkedIn, uh, of course, you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, uh, on Facebook or Insta. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Future of Retail Asia.
0: How will retail change post-pandemic? Download the Future of Retail Whitepaper from our website, aiamazing.co.